you can ask me anything you want about me in eighth grade. And it, so if you say, hey, PJ, are you married? I'll say, no, I was not married in eighth grade. Okay? If you, it's whatever. So if you have any questions you ask, hey, PJ, when you were in junior high, when you were in middle school, that's how maybe you can start it. When you were in junior high, when you were in middle school, whatever. Okay? You can ask me anything when I was this guy. Wait, hey, you know, wait. Hey, hey, I didn't ask for this section yet. All right, we're going to ask this section. I wonder what the question will be in this section. Was that you? All right, what's your question? I'm sorry. People, maybe somebody in the back didn't hear it. What was that? Uh, did you have a girlfriend? Did I have a girlfriend? Did you not look at the picture? <laughs> did you? I mean, did you, supposed to say that. Oh, you said, oh, yeah, you got, of course he did. That, yeah. Well, come on. How could he not have a girlfriend? No, I did not have a girlfriend in eighth grade. I'm going to tell you, if you looked at this picture very, very carefully, you'll see this hair that's kind of coming down here. That was on a purpose. Uh, that's because my hair was kind of like stuck that way because all the grease in it. Uh, because this is the deal. So then you're going to understand why I didn't have a girlfriend, at least a couple of reasons why. So um, I, I, was the, I was the guy uh, with my friends. And some of you are going to go, wow, you're that guy. And some of you are going to go, oh, man, you're like my guy. You're like my guy. So I was the guy with in the library playing Dungeons and Dragons with his friends. <laughs> That's right. That's right. See, I got dinosaurs on my shirt because in second grade, I started loving dinosaurs, and I never stopped loving dinosaurs. I went to college to be a paleontologist. So I, I didn't become a paleontologist, in case you didn't be wondering. So, but that's, that was me. In the, so I started... Um, I didn't really have any social things really together in my head. Uh, I wasn't very good socially with other people, especially girls. I, I liked girls, but they scared me to death. You guys scare me. <laughs> yeah, and you really are scary, seriously. Um, but uh, so, uh, so there is a, uh, uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't know I really should put on deodorant or shower daily until I was a sophomore in high school. <laughs> That's, I'm telling you the reasons why I didn't have a girl. I'm telling you why I didn't have a girlfriend. So uh, that, okay, do you know the guy I'm talking to? You go, oh, you're that guy, right? That's, that's, that was me. That was, nice guy, nice kid, but ever just not, yeah, not socially stuff with it. So that was me. Uh, you know, I was a person that it, uh, grades meant a lot to me. It was something I could be good at. Uh, some of you are exactly like me. If you get an A minus, it's like a failure. Some of you know what I'm talking about because your your identity or my identity was in like my grades or something. And we all kind of tend to have an identity in something that we either do or something like that, which is actually not great to do. But so that was me. So answer your question. That's the answer to your question. So my first girlfriend was when I was a freshman in college. My first girlfriend. And we went out, we went out for a week. I, we got together. See, this is what I don't know about what I think about camp. Because we got together, and then she went to camp the next day after we got together. And she came back from camp, and uh, she broke up with me because she met a guy at camp. <laughs> so we were together for a week, but we weren't even together for we weren't even together for the week. So that was my first girlfriend. My second girlfriend was when I was a senior in college. And we got married. 
Her name is Sherry. We've been married for a long time, so that was my second girlfriend. <laughs> I know. Okay, so anyway, uh, question over here. Was I ever in any fight? That's a great question. <laughs> if I was in a fight, do you think I won? Then look at the picture. Look at the picture. I know these guys are with you. Yeah, you probably won. Yeah, no, I did. I uh, got in a fight. There was uh, this girl named Tammy. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, okay, let's get this. I did. N I was not a fighter. Uh, some people, you know, you. Uh, you're, some of us, our identity is being that kind of person. Honestly, that's honestly that's our identity. Is like I want to make sure. Like we, and th there's a problem with that too. But I was not a fighter at all. But I had a friend, and guys understand this. You can get a f in a fight in junior high. And this is so crazy. You get in a fight. And you like hate each other and you get in a fight and then by the end of the day you're friends again. Isn't that weird? It's so weird you guys girls way different man You get like a grudge and it is like attack time and for 10 years you're like, oh, it's terrible So but guys kind of like you know what to say like it's so weird. So so with me mark mark Myers was my friend and uh, And there was one time him and a couple of other of his friends were giving me wedgies. Yeah. It was really, really tough. And I and I kept telling him to stop and stop and stop. And then he wouldn't stop. They kept bugging me and bugging me. And so finally I said, and he was a he was a, a, a little bit big he was bigger than me. And I thought, well okay, I'm gonna really get him. And uh this is how how mean I could get. So I said, hey, hey you need to stop that. He goes, yeah. And I go, yeah. Fatso. It was bad. So, and then he said this. He goes, what did you just call me? And so I go, I go. So now I'm like all tough and everything. I go, you heard me. Fat, fatso. And he, honestly, he just leads back. And with everything, man, just punched me right in the face. Just so hard. And I actually, I was surprised. I was shocked. And then I looked at it. And then, of course, when that happens at school, this is school, you know, and stuff. It's amazing. It's like flies to like a piece of meat. All of these people, all, there's like a circle around us like that. Ready to watch the fight. It was crazy. And I go, so I get it. And he's like, and he's like this. And I. And uh, and I just looked at him, this, and I turned around, and I walked away. That's what I did. And he stood there. He didn't know what to do. I mean, that's not what you do, you know. Um, but I turned around, walked away. And seriously, that was like probably at lunch. And you know, after school, we're hanging out and we were friends again. So anyway, uh, so that was it. No, so that was the closest I ever got into. That's the closest I ever got into having and in, into being in in a fight. That was the closest. Now you, I got a question from this section. You got one right right there. What? Did you know Jesus today? Oh man, you get right to the like nitty gritty. Like the oh yeah yeah, you get some extra bonus points from God on that one. So anyway, um, was I a Christian? Was I a believer in Jesus? Have we said in eighth, in eighth grade? I'm going to come back to that because that's a probably the most serious. Okay, I'll answer that last. One question from this section. Uh, when you were in eighth grade, did coming across, um, did Jesus ever cross your mind? Being a priest? Yeah, you're a priest, right? 
No, no. I, oh, I'm a pastor. Uh, no, I no. That never, ever, ever came across my mind. I told you what I wanted to be. A paleontologist. No, that, that's it. Yeah. But so no, I did not. That was not one of my uh, things. So going back to your question. Um, about, hey, was I a believer? Now, this has nothing to do with tonight, so I'm just going to give you this, guys, bonus thing, whatever. I don't know. I I think it could mean something to you because when I was in junior high, I don't think I was the only one that thought this and went through this. If you would have asked me in eighth grade, this guy, if you would have asked him, hey, are you a Christian? Are you a believer in Jesus? Are you a follower of Jesus? However you want to ask it. I would have said yes. And I would not have been lying but I would have been completely wrong. I would have said yes, and I wouldn't have been lying to you, but I was completely wrong. In other words, guys, there's some people who believe they're followers of Jesus, and they're not actually followers of Jesus. And I'm telling you, in a group this big, somebody here is that person. I'm serious, in a group this big, somebody's that person. Like me, you say, hey, are you Christian? You follow Jesus? And it's so easy to say, right? You Christian? Yeah, you Christian? Yeah, I believe in God. You believe in God. You give each other high fives. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you? Yeah. No, no, no. Just don't answer it out loud. Just do you. And even you say it out loud. Guys, I, this is what happened. I, I believed. I went to church and stuff since I was a little kid. I believed all the things that I felt like I needed to believe about Jesus. In other words, I believed that Jesus was God. I believed that Jesus came to earth. I believed that he died on the cross for my sins. I believed that he was buried. I believed that he rose from the dead. I believed that he was ascended to heaven, and now he's in heaven. Have I told you if I believe in him? Some of you would say, yeah, that's what you're saying. No, I'm not. All I'm telling you right now is I believe stuff about him. And there's a huge difference between believing stuff about someone and believing in someone. That word in is the biggest little word, I think, in the entire Bible, the word in. And you guys, there are some people here, you've grown up in the church, you believe all the stuff that you're supposed to believe about Jesus. But like me, you don't believe in Jesus, you just believe everything about Jesus. Just guess who I believed in. Myself. When it came down to it, choosing what I wanted to do in life, whatever it was, going through the day, whatever it was, I did what I wanted to do. And then I went to church on Sunday saying praises to God and like, I believe in you and all God. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for doing everything. And then I just went out and lived my life. And I'm telling you, there's somebody in this room or this out here, and you're the same way. You believe everything about him, but you know deep down inside, deep down inside, you don't believe in him. I mean, believing in Jesus, that's believing in him as your God, as your master, and you're his slave. And so, I, just an added thing. So, here it is, man. You said, oh, will you believe in I would have said yes, because I believed all the stuff I was supposed to believe about Jesus. And I wouldn't have been lying to you because I really thought I was okay. But I would have been wrong. There's a place in God's word. This is why I do what I do, you guys. There's a place in God's word where Jesus actually says that many will stand before him one day. In the end, many people will stand before him. 
and will say, Lord, Lord. In other words, they're going to know who Jesus is. They're going to believe everything they have believed about Jesus. Oh, Jesus, you're Jesus. Oh, yeah, I believed everything about you. I, I praised you every week at church. I read the Bible. I did all this stuff. I went, to, I went to a Christian camp. I did all this stuff with you. And Jesus says there's going to be many who say that. And he's going to turn around and say, I don't know who you are. You never believed in me. You just believed all the stuff about me. But you just believed in you. And you just added me to your life. You didn't make me your life. Guys, when Jesus says many, what do you think he means? A few? He means many. There are many people who think they're okay because they know who Jesus is, but have never actually given him their lives. And if that's you this week, maybe that's why you're here to actually give him your life instead of just talking about it. And it's huge, you guys. That's a big statement that Jesus says. Okay, with that said, you guys ready? Because you got to know me a little bit. Now I want us to get to know God a little bit. Then what's the theme this week? Higher power. Higher power. And I thought, okay, if I'm going to talk about that, we're going to talk about power all week. But I thought, if we're going to talk about higher power, and maybe you can kind of go with me, you know, who's got the highest power? God. I mean, that's, we know that. Even if you're like, I don't know what the answer is. You know the answer is going to be God. So I want to just introduce that tonight, you guys. Have we ever thought, have you really thought about the power of God? Like, really thought about it for a while? And maybe it's been a while since you have. So tonight, just tonight, I want you to just to think about how powerful God really is. And I just want to show you a couple verses. This is all I want to do. Just a couple things tonight, and then we'll get going for the week, okay? Here it is. Uh, it's not in it's not Exodus chapter 3 yet, but stay there. But I want to show you a couple other places before we get to Exodus 3. There's a place in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 40, and it's up here on the board. Up here, if you just want to read it with me. Isaiah chapter 40 is this prophet, and he's speaking from God, and God is speaking to, the, to his people, the Jewish people, and then he, but he, and he says this thing, because the Jewish people at this point are forgetting how powerful God is. They think they can find power in themselves or some other nation, or like, hey, we're strong on our own, and God says, hey, you've forgotten something, and he says this, do you not know, verse 21, you guys see it up here? Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? He goes, have you? It's almost like, are you kidding? Do you not know this? Have you forgotten this? And the answer was like, yeah, you don't. They forgot. And it says, have you not understood since the earth was founded? Like since the beginning of everything, the, ever, the earth, all the heavens and the, the universe was created. He goes, this has always been true, but we forget. And this is what he says. And it's people. He says, he sits, look at verse 22. He sits enthroned, this God, sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. God is above everything, like on a throne. Just picture that in your mind. He's on this throne above all. Like, you go, wow, he's got all the power over the, everything. And its people are like what? What does it say? Grasshoppers. Grasshoppers. I remember when I was a little kid, I'd always go look for grasshoppers and stuff in the summer, you know, in the fields next to my house. I like to try to catch them. And me and my brother, my brother Sam, who was a little bit older than me, he was a little bit meaner than me, and he did get in a lot of fights. But he he would always like get grasshoppers and like and like tear off their wings. <laughs> 
maybe tear off a leg or both legs and just see what happens. That's okay. That's a human being with it. If I catch a grasshopper, I can do whatever I want with this thing. I throw it down and just stomp on it. Just imagine that's God with us. And all of the people on this planet, all the billions of people are like just little insects to God. Just like grasshoppers. It's talking about this power of God. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy, almost like a blanket, like the entire universe. And we keep learning that the universe is way bigger than we ever thought it was. And then you get power, more powerful and more powerful telescopes so that we can finally see the end of the universe and they still haven't found it. It's huge. And God goes, this whole universe, that's almost infinite, infinite. You can't even know what the end is. I can just stretch out like a, it's just like a blanket to me. It's just a canopy. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. If you ever got a little camping, you got a little tent, you just make up a tent and you live in that. He says, that's how the universe, how, that's how this infinite universe is to God. It's just like a little tent. And then he says, he brings princes to naught he and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. All the most powerful people that ever, ever live, the biggest rulers you could ever have on this planet who's had the most power that there's ever is, what are they like to God? Nothing. God can make them nothing. It says, it says this, this is like, like it's like the most powerful person is like God, God has him in the hand, like this little grasshopper, and it's a little powerful person. And God, it says this that anytime he wants to, he just does this. And it's like a whirlwind that blows them away. That's God's power. Power over creation. The universe is nothing to him. Power over people. People can be nothing to him. He, he can do whatever. He plants them. He, he uproots them. That's what he does. And then he says this. Look at verse 25. To whom will you compare me? God says, who do I compare to? Who compares to God? No one. No one. Or who is my equal? Anybody up there with God? Well, somebody's pretty... No. Is Satan anywhere close to God? No. He's just not. He says the Holy One. Holy One means he's separated, so separated from everybody else. Everybody else is so far behind him. He says, lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? So tonight, if you look up in the heavens, who created all this stuff? Well, God did. He, he who brings out the starry host one by one, all the stars, and we have no idea even how many stars there are, and calls forth each of them by name. He's the one who puts every star where it is, knows what everyone is. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. There's never going to be a star that explodes, goes away out of the billions and trillions of stars there is that God is going to not know that it's going on. That's the power of God. Get this, in uh, Jeremiah, before we go to uh, uh, Exodus, Jeremiah chapter 18, it says this. This is another prophet, Jeremiah, and God tells his prophet to go down to a potter's house. You know what a potter is? A potter, a potter's house is? Guy who make, takes clay, makes a you know, little, you know, 
Start pots out of them, whatever. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. So it says, this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I'll give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him. He just saw this guy working on at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best to him. So he goes down to this potter, and his potter's like, he's just watching him on the wheel. You know, the wheel spins around. He's kind of making it something. And it didn't turn out exactly the way that he wanted to. So all the potter does is he takes that clay, and what does he do? He just squishes it down and starts all over again. That's the pot. That's the, that's the clay in the potter's hand. Then it says this. Listen to this. Verse 5 says, then the word of the Lord came to me. This is what Jeremiah says. He said, can I not do with you, Israel, this entire nation, as the potter does, declares the Lord, like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. He says, that's me and that's my power. Every single one of it is just a piece of clay, a piece of wet clay in his hands that anytime he wants, what can he do? Squish it and start all over again. That's the power of God. Now let's go to Exodus, you guys. There's an example here where God's power over people, over things, over, I mean, everything, nature, it's shown up. And it's in Exodus chapter 3, in fact, the book of Exodus. Maybe you guys have heard this account of Moses, right? Anybody hear about Moses? Moses landed Egypt. God sends him to deliver his people, remember? And there's all these miracles, all of these things in nature, these things that cannot happen. But to God, he can make things happen that can't happen. But he calls, he calls Moses in chapter 3. This is like after 400 years, God actually promised one of uh, uh, Moses' ancestors, Abraham, who was the start of the Jewish people. He said, God actually told Abraham, hey, your people are going to go to Egypt one day, and they're going to explode there. They're going to continue to multiply and become a whole nation. But then Egypt is going to enslave those people, that nation of Israel. And then one day I will come back. He says, in about 400 years, I'm going to come back. And I'm going to rescue my people, and I'm going to show all my power and everything that I can do, and I'm going to show that nobody can stop me from doing what I want to do with you, and that's going to happen in 400 years. And sure enough, in 400 years, God says it's time that it's going to happen. And the people are suffering. The people are enslaved. And God hears the cry of the people, and then he calls Moses. And Moses is just walking out in the desert, and Moses sees this burning bush. And this burning bush, it's burning, but it's not burning up. It's on fire, but it's not burning up. And, and Moses is going, this is really weird. So he walks over to it, and a voice comes from the bush. Bush, it's God talking to him through this bush. And God says, hey, take off your shoes because this is holy ground. <clears throat> Moses takes off his shoes, and Moses is going, who is this that's talking to me? And the, and the voice says, I am the God of Abraham, your fathers, Abraham, and Abraham's kid, Isaac, and his kid, Jacob. I'm the God of these forefathers that you've had. I'm the God that you've been waiting for to come and rescue you. That's who I am. And Moses is like, whoa, I can't believe this. And then later on, this is what Moses says to God in verse 13. You guys there? So Exodus 3, 13. Moses is saying to God, talking to God who's in this burning bush. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what's his name? What should I tell them? God, what's your name? Because God's name isn't God. Did you know that? I don't, that's you, isn't it though? Yeah. 
He says, what's your name? Because every god had a name. There's a lot of gods. They're false gods, but every god had a name. And he says, what's your name? And God tells him his name. And look what he says. He says in verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And I go, what? I read that and I go, what? And he says, this is what you are to tell the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. What's God's name? I am. I am. Huh? You're like, what? Exactly, huh? And then, so then he says, hey, now I'm going to give you a, my name in a different way here. Just like all of our names maybe mean something. Anybody have know what your name means? Uh, do you know what your name is? Okay, good. Okay, so so it, like I like my name means um, uh, nightwear. Anyway, um, <laughs> but but so my name. So but you can just call me PJ. So but but listen to this. So God says, "Hey, that's who I. That's that's what my name means. My name means I am." So He says this. Look what He says. In verse 15, God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, what does he say there? What does your Bible say? Does it say Yahweh? Some people say the Lord. The Lord? And it has, my Bible has an NIV. It has capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. The God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the Lord. So, Do some of your Bibles say Yahweh? Okay, but so, does somebody Bible say Yahweh? Who's who's okay? That that's actually the word. It's a Hebrew word called Yahweh. You ever sing a song that maybe has Yahweh in it? Yeah. That's God's name. That's God's name. His name is Yahweh. When you see capital L and capital O and capital R, capital D, the word actually isn't in Hebrew. The word Lord. It's not the word Lord. It's the name. Yahweh, it's just translated Lord in some of our translations, but it's the name Yahweh. And that name Yahweh means I am. As my name, Yahweh, and my name Yahweh means I am who I am. Now, what does that mean? Guys, this is what it, I, self, am, like exist. Self, if you want to write it down, this is what God's name means. The self-existing one. Now, I'll tell you what that means in just a second. The self-existing one. How does God exist? Because somebody else created him? No. He exists from himself. God is the only being that is self-existent. You are not self-existent. You came from something else. You have to depend on something else to survive, to live, to exist. All of us do. God only depends on himself. That's it. He's self-existing. He's the, so if you're writing any note, this is how powerful God is. Power, God is the only being in creation, the only being that exists, universe, creation, whatever you want to say. The only thing, the only being who is self-existent, who, who doesn't depend on anyone or anything else to, to exist. 
or to do anything. God doesn't go to anybody for permission. God doesn't go to, doesn't answer to anyone. God doesn't go, wow, I sure am glad this thing or this person was here in order to create me, and I owe that person or that thing my life. God only owes who? Himself. That's it. He's the only being that does. Some of us think that we're self-existing. We live like we're self-existing, but we're not. Nobody is, except for God. Everything else in creation, everything else in creation depends on something else or someone else to exist. Everything. If you go, and if you just kind of go down the line, you know, just look at this is just science or whatever else. All life on earth cannot exist without the sun. You guys know that. Yeah. If the sun did not exist, life on earth would not exist. We're dependent upon the sun. That's the entire life on earth. And then the sun itself ex exists because of other laws in nature that cause it to exist. And if those things weren't there, it wouldn't exist. And then those things only exist because of other things in life. And you go down and down and down to all atoms and molecules that are stuck together. And, 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 and scientists still don't, they, there's no way we fully understand how in the world everything like that we even see around us are just made of atoms. And those atoms are not flying all over the place. They should be. There's nothing logical that's keeping everything together. But you know what the Bible says? That God's word is keeping everything together. All of these atoms, everything in you, everything, all the molecules are stuck together. Gravity is happening. Nobody understands why, how gravity came from. They don't understand. We understand how it works. We can observe it and we can predict it because it's pretty consistent. But actually understanding how there is even gravity, like why, how does, how does an object draw another object to itself? It can't do that. But it does. Because God, God does this. Ultimately, that's it. God with his words holds everything together. And if God, all he has to do in speaking everything, he spoke everything to existence, all he has to do is say a word and everything would fall apart. Every molecule, every atom would all fall apart. Ultimately, if you keep going down like a domino thing, when you line up dominoes, you go to the first domino. The first domino is always God, no matter what all the other dominoes are, that makes you have something. You, what do you need to exist? I need air. I need food. I need water. Well, where did that come from? Or we can say, oh, that comes from this. Where did that come from? Well, that comes from this. That comes from this. You know where it ends up? You know where the first domino is? What is it? God. Always. Always. God is the only one that is self-existent, doesn't depend on anything else. And the opposite is true. Everything else and everyone else in the universe depends on one being to exist. One. Ultimately, it's Yahweh. It is God. It is I am who I am. Everything else. That's what God tells Moses here. And he tells, the, he tells Moses, go to these people and say, you know what? I'm Yahweh. I'm the one that it doesn't need anybody else to exist, and everything else needs it needs me to exist. So you know what? You don't have to worry about Pharaoh because Pharaoh's not more powerful than me. I can make Pharaoh go away like that. I can cause all the plagues. I can cause all the miracles. I can go against laws of science because I created laws of science, and I can change them anytime I want, and that's what I can do because everything depends on me, 
and I'm ultimately in control of it all, including us. Here's the deal with us. This is a crazy thing about humanity, you guys. And you go back to the first chapter where God creates the heavens and the earth, and then he comes to man, and he creates man in a different way. He creates man with kind of a different personal thing between him and his man, because mankind, you and me, are the only people created as children of God. That God says, I want to have a relationship with you, but it's not going to be a relationship with everything else in creation that just does everything I do, I, I want it to do, and I don't give it a choice because God doesn't give lightning a choice, the clouds a choice, the universe a choice, whatever else. He just causes it to happen. But he says, I want things to be different between me and you. And is it in his sovereignty, he decided to do something with mankind. He said, I'm going to give you a choice. You can choose to be dependent upon me. Now, everything in, in creation is dependent upon me. I'm going to give you a choice to accept that dependence or not. And he didn't do that because he hated us. Because, it's because he loved us and he wanted us to choose him. But this is a huge responsibility we have, you guys. Sometimes I wish God wouldn't give me a choice because I make the wrong choice. There's times in my life where I don't, I don't choose dependence upon God, even though that's what I was created to be. Everybody's created to be dependent upon God. So every time we decide to be dependent upon God, we're living out our purpose and our meaning, and we have life. Anytime we choose not to depend on God, do you know what that takes away? Our purpose and our meaning and our life. We're not living the way we were created to live. And deep down, any of us that are living on our own, I think deep down, I truly believe deep down, you know it. And you know there's something missing because you're not living out your dependence. Like, like choosing to submit to God, choosing to be under God and say, you're my, you're my God and you're my master and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to depend on you because I know that's how you created me to be. Some of us, we're just not doing that. And maybe some of us are scared to do that. We don't know what to do. What's going to happen when we do that? Guys, you're created to be dependent upon Yahweh. This week, you guys, I don't know why you decided to come here. I don't know why. I I'm sure some of you came because somebody said, hey, I'll pay your way to camp. And you're going, good, because life stinks right now at home. And it's going to be better there. A friend, maybe. You came. Maybe it's that, you know, that guy or that girl that, you know, like, Michelle, who I, uh, I went out with, you know, met at camp, but I hope that, that won't happen. Anyway, um, but you're here because of somebody else. You're here because maybe it's just what you do. It's just what you've done every year. And you're, or you're here because it's fun, whatever it is. It's just what, maybe you're even going, oh, I want to go to chapel. You made a decision to come to camp or so. You, you, you said, okay, for whatever reason, and at all different reasons. But I'm telling you guys this. This is also true. Yahweh. The one who is in control of everything and everything, I mean, everything in the universe, in control of all circumstances, ultimately wanting you to choose him, still giving you a choice, but giving you a choice and a chance because he wants to give you every chance he can to choose him. I'm telling you, Yahweh, this one and only God brought you here. I'm convinced of that. Brought you here this week this day because he wants to tell you something and he's asking you to listen will you do that will you just take this week as you're up here away from all the distractions everything else and would you consider yahweh will you consider 
the I am who I am. Will you consider the one who doesn't depend on anybody else, but everything else depends on him, and he created you to have a dependence upon him so you can have life and purpose and meaning. Will you just think about the God who is holding your molecules together? Will you just think about what his plan might be for you? Because he's not only just powerful, you guys, he also knows you more than anybody else, more than you know you. And he loves you more than anybody can love you. What do you want to do with that God? You guys think about it this week? We just think about it? Okay. Let me pray for us, okay? And tomorrow we'll talk about more power. God, thanks so much for uh, our time tonight, just introducing this God, you, who you are. Oh, your power is unlimited, but ours is, is not unlimited. Ours is very limited. God, we, some of us even, maybe even tonight, just went, man, what am I doing? I'm, I'm just living life on my own as if I have all the power and I can do whatever I want. And I can do and everything. And God, something's hitting us and we're going, what am I doing? God's the one with all the power. He's the one who created me. I just, I owe him. God, that we would then, with the choice you gave us, we would choose you. We would choose you over ourselves. And we would decide to believe in you and believe in your son and stop believing in us. Because we could trust you, God. Not only are you the all-powerful, but you're also all-knowing and all-caring. And you know what's best for us. We don't know. Oh, God, will you just show us something this week about your power in our lives? In your name, amen.